Today we'll be looking at uh, the Lord's, the Lord is my shepherd. We again and again recite that very popular uh, chapter in the book of Psalm, Psalm 23. So I'd like us to open our scriptures to Psalm 23 as we do a little exposition on Psalm 23. I want to believe everybody has an outline. Right? Everybody, everyone has an outline. Okay. Please, uh, Galadima, thank you. Please help me. There are some people of the Citadel of Praise they don't have. Please help me. Thank you, Galadima. Alright? So, it, that's, as much as God will help us, we are going to try to make it interactive so that uh, while I say the little, like, the little that I know, you will also try to provide me with the much that you know. Praise God. Open your Bibles with me to Psalm 23 and let's read together. We'll read it in unison. I will read the, fo- I will read the first one and you'll be reading the succeeding verses as we go on. Till we get to the very fi- final verse of that particular chapter and we'll take it together. All right. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. He restores my soul. He leads me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil, my cup runs over. Surely, goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Amen. Let's look at the introduction, the introduction together. I read and you just follow me. The Lord is my shepherd, as we often recite, is a confession of our complete trust in the Lord by expressing our complete dependence in his ability to take care of us. As a matter of fact, it is an indication of our total commitment to his leadership, guidance, providence, and direction. The sheep, or before we get to that point, what I have just told us now, it is a deep confession and commitment of purpose. For a man to get to a point where he can say that the Lord is my shepherd, that is to say, the person has assumed the position of a sheep. And if truly we understand what we say every time we say it, then we need to understand what a sheep represents. Sheep they could actually address sheep to be very sheepish. And when they say, sh- and when they say somebody is sheepish, what does that represent? What does it mean? Ma? Foolish, Abi? Sir? Eh? 
<laughs> M-U, M-U, Mumu. What, ma? Very slow. So when, when, we, when we decide to behave like a sheep, when we decide to behave like a sheep, we come to an end of ourselves. That is to say, however we do our things, it is as determined by a shepherd. So every time we come to a point to say, the Lord is my shepherd, and we know that by the nature of sheep, sheep, they move in clusters. They move in groups. They move together. Now, how I wish we have all the time, how I wish we have all the time, but we don't have it, unfortunately. To look at every little characteristic and nature of a sheep and how it applies to us as a church. When sheep move together, what does it portend? What does it suggest to us as a church? And if we will have a shepherd, the Lord will help us as we continue. Now, the sheep is open to attack unless it is secured by the guidance of a shepherd. Every sheep is a meat waiting to be eaten by a wolf unless there is the presence of a shepherd. And that is how we are in this world. Ready meats for the enemy to snatch us if we are without the protection of the shepherd. The shepherd knows what is good for the sheep. All that is required of the sheep is just to follow. The sheep does not need to struggle on what to do. All the sheep requires is just to follow. Now, what lessons are there for us to learn from Psalm 23? We need to rush because we have a long way to go. Two pages and we must keep to time. The first one, the Lord is my shepherd. Now, I want us to answer, what do you think the Lord is my shepherd means? Everybody. I have a space there for all of you to feel. What does that, what do you think is there? I've given you a head start by telling you that it starts with an R. What does that mean? Protect us. Beautiful. You tried, man. Good attempt. But I have given you a head start that it starts with an arrow. Arrow for rabbits. Arrow for run. Now, when you say the Lord is my shepherd, what are you saying? What are you trying to express? Hmm? Relationship. Relationship. So if you have a pen, which I really wish and hope you have, please help me write there. Relationship. Now, a bubechuku or a berechuku, whichever of them, can all, can any time, any day, pick me out from the crowd and say, that is my father. Even if Dikinarayenka decides to block me with his good heights and Dikin and, and, and Reverend Yunitsa to block from the other side and people block me anyhow, they want to block me. My son will squeeze his face and say, my father is there. They say, he he say, you can't see him. He will struggle to say, that is my father. That is an expression of a relationship. Now, when the Bible says that the Lord is my shepherd, he is invariably, the psalmist is invariably attributing his line of relationship to the Lord. He said, it is the Lord that is my shepherd. Now, it is the responsibility of the good shepherd to give the sheep 
a sense of belonging. Now, this is the sheep calling attention to the fact that I have been identified by the Lord. And I can say of it as a matter of fact that he is my shepherd. That is a sense of belonging. I belong somewhere. I am not one goat that strayed away. I have somebody I am reporting to. I have somebody that is guiding me. As Christians, I have always said it, Brother Billy Akani, who is a distant mentor, would always say, and I think Reverend Mr. Debuiga tried to re-echo that last week. He called it isolation for slaughter. The moment a Christian cannot, as a matter of fact, point a finger and say, this is where I am from, already the devil has isolated such a Christian to slaughter the Christian. In, in, in the matters of Christianity and the matters of faith, every one of us must come to a point where we can link our spiritual relationship to the Lord. He said, as a matter of fact, the shepherd knows his sheep and can identify them easily. Please, can we read John chapter 10, verses 1 to 3? John chapter 10, 1 to 3. He said, most assuredly, I say to you, he who does not enter the sheepfold by the door, but climbs up some other way. The same is a thief and a robber. But he who enters by the door is the shepherd of the sheep. Now look at verse 3. To him, the doorkeeper opens and the sheep hear his voice and he calls his own, his, and he calls his own sheep by name and leads them. There is a relationship. He knows them by name. He calls them by name. So anyone who will share a relationship with the Lord must be able to recognize the voice of the Lord. You must be able to recognize the voice of the Lord to actually say and stand that the Lord is my shepherd. How can I claim that, how can somebody claim that this is my father and the father will be speaking and you can't recognize the voice of your father? It's not possible. Even if others are saying that, ah, we are not sure of the voice, say, no, it's my father's voice. That is a sign of relationship. We must identify strong relationship and bond with the Lord if we will claim that the Lord is our shepherd. Number two, I also saw in verse one that he said, I shall not want. What does that mean? What does that inform us? Hmm? Yes, provision, provision. He is our provider. Now, if the Lord is your shepherd, then you are assured of divine provision. The Lord sees our needs and meets them. If we, if we look at John chapter 21, verses 15 to 17, it calls our attention to the Lord saying that the Lord, they're calling our attention to Jesus Christ speaking to the disciple. Say, do you love me? Say, feed my sheep and the whole lot of them. Now, he is concerned and aware of everything we are going through. The Lord's intention is for his children to be in complete satisfaction. Now, do you, do, you, do you understand what the Bible, that when the Bible says that I shall not want, it means I will not lack. I will not be in want. I will not lack anything. That, that is what it means not to be in want. Anything I desire, I already have it. Why? Because the Lord is my shepherd. So that they will not lack anything good. And that is why the Lord is our shepherd. The third one. He makes them to lie down in green pastures carries what idea rest beautiful now anybody who has the lord as the shepherd is assured of rest now one characteristic of 
the sheep is that a sheep can be easily frightened. A sheep can be easily frightened. As a matter of fact, if sheep, even when they move in clusters, when they move in groups, the moment you make a sudden loud noise, the sheep become frightened. That is the normal nature of a sheep. Sheep, they are easily frightened. When you make a little noise, they are afraid. The Lord said, if I am your shepherd, he said, I will make you lie down in green pastures. Remember when God was to feed, when Jesus was to feed the 5,000 men aside women and children. What did he tell them when he was to give them food? He said, let them sit down. Let them sit down. Whenever God wants to bless a man, God blesses a man and gives him the kind of blessing that gives him rest. Amen. The blessings of God are without repentance. So when God provides for a man, God gives him rest of mind to enjoy the blessing. Haven't you seen some people who, who are rich, who are blessed? Everything you can imagine in life, they have it. But they keep going in and out of hospital. They keep going in and out of hospital. The amount of money they spend trying to take care of, them, of, of themselves is so alarming. I am praying, if there be anybody like that, either here or related to you, connected to you, one way or the other, the Lord, who is our shepherd, we give such a person rest in Jesus' name. When the Lord is our shepherd, he gives us rest. It's not the one that you are in your room and cockroach is moving in the cupboard. You are afraid. Somebody knock at the door. You are afraid. Is it the person who, is owing, who I'm owing or whatever? You don't need to be afraid. When God is your shepherd, you don't fear anything. I have said before, many about some weeks, some months ago, when we were using that place for, is it video or what? I said there was a time we were very young, very young, many years back. My mom just won one contract or so. And she just brought this money home. And when she brought this money home, the money was too big for her. She became unsettled throughout that night. In short, she first went, she, she went to her room, put the money in the cupboard, and she came out. As she came out, she started walking. She started walking, and she looked. She said, no, they will see it. She went, removed the money from the wardrobe, and she went. She started looking. She now saw the cupboard. She went, she put it up. She now went to the back. She now went, she now started walking. Now, she said, ah, they will see it. She now went again, climbed again, brought it down. She went around the entire house. She went to the kitchen, put it up somewhere. Why? What was she afraid of? People may come and rob in the night. They've never robbed us before. Why are you suddenly troubled because of one money entered the house? She put it in the kitchen. And she was going to the parlor to sit down. She said, ah, if they are cooking and fire comes out, they think we burn the money. She went there again, removed it. She came back to her room and said, ah, where can I keep this money? My mommy was restless. My own, I'm not talking about your mother. I'm talking about my own mother. She was restless. Why? One small money entered the house. She won one contract and she was restless. And she suddenly said, ah, good idea. And she went to my younger brother's room and she kept the money under the pillow, under the, under the mattress or we, we, where my younger brother was asleep that night. That night, the weed that my younger brother weed that night, eh, she, he weed till the whole mattress was drenched. He was trying to keep money. The whole money was soaked. The next morning, we were all dry money as if all of us are dry cleaners. When God is your shepherd, he blesses you and gives you rest. 
You don't struggle with the blessings he has given you. You are at rest. That is when God is your shepherd. You don't struggle with the blessing he has given you. He has blessed you. The blessings of God are irrevocable. He has blessed you. He gives you rest to enjoy what he has given to you. There will be no blood pressure attached to the blessing God has given you. In Jesus' name. The fourth thing. He leads me beside where? Still waters. What does that, what does that say? Leadership. Leadership. The shepherd is to lead his sheep, not drive them. Now, I want you to follow me as I look at this. The sheep should be able to trust the voice of the shepherd and be willing to follow him. One of the biggest problems we have as a church is that we have a leadership problem. We are difficult to be led. Difficult to be led. If they say stay on the, on the, on, on, on the queue, maintain the queue, maintain one single line, we are, we are restless. And some of us do this thing when we are within Nigeria. The moment we go outside the country, we just, we just behave. But once we are in Nigeria, that mentality that comes upon us, once we enter into Nigerian airways, the thing just comes back. Difficult to be led. And the Bible says that once I become your shepherd, what I do for you is that I lead you. And where will the Lord lead us to? Did you see where he'll be leading us to? Where? Still waters. A place without trouble. Do you know that the typical nature of a sheep is that sheep do not drink water from, do not drink from moving water. Once a water is, once a river is flowing, once water is moving, a sheep cannot drink from it. Sheep can only drink from water that is still. And the Lord said, if I am your shepherd, even when opportunities are passing you by, I will steal it. I will bring it to calmness. I will stop it. I will reduce the pace at which it is leaving you so that I can lead you and bless you. You see, you don't need to struggle with opportunities that are running by and running past you. If the Lord is your shepherd, he has a way of stopping opportunity so that opportunities that have long gone and passed can come back and the Lord will calm it for you. Now, the sheep will drown in moving water. So, it is the shepherd's responsibility to lead them to steal water so they can drink without fear of drowning. Sheep do not drink from flowing water. So, the shepherd leads not just when the sheep would want to go, but where the sheep needs to go. People of God, I need us to understand, and there is one, something I, need, I, I, I want all of us to pay attention to. When somebody is leading you, the one who is leading you knows more than you can see. There's a scenario that was painted upon the canvas of my heart some years back. I was looking at one young man. The young man was looking for me. And where I was, I was just looking at him and he was searching for me, searching for me. And but I was seeing every single movement he was making. And the Lord told me, say, son, this is how you are before me. When you are just there searching, wondering, getting confused, I am seeing every little step you are making. Do you know that when the sheep, shepherd is leading the sheep to go and graze, to go and eat, to go and, to, to go and make them eat, do you know sometimes the path they may take may be, may be stony, 
may be may have thorns. But do you know that the shepherd has seen where the green grasses are? And all he's concerned about is that that is where we are going. But the sheep may be saying, why are we going there if they have voices to talk? They will say, ah, no, here is Tony, here is Tony, here is, here is Tony, here is not good enough. Let's go this other way. But the shepherd will continue to lead that sheep because he has seen ahead of time. People of God, if the Lord will be your shepherd, don't struggle with God's leading. You don't need to ask God, God, why are you leading me along this path? He has seen a still water ahead of you. And that's where he's taking you. Any man who will allow the Lord to lead him, the beginning may not look too sweet, but the end will justify the means. And that's why I normally tell people, I say, prayer is not hand-twisting the hand of God to answer to what you want. But prayer is provoking the grace of God so that his will can come to pass in your life. How did I discover that? Jesus Christ even said, he said, Lord, let this call pass over me. Nevertheless, let thy will be done. What was the will of God concerning Jesus for him to come and die for us? But at that point, when the agony was deep, if he could have prayed, he would have said, Lord, take it away. But he said, God, no. Let your will be done. So when God is leading a man, the beginning point may not be sweet. It may not look like the script you would have loved to write. It may not look like what you would have desired to happen for you and to you. But if you can be patient like the sheep that is always as it were, sluggish, slow, mumu, stupid, say, Lord, I know this thing does not look good, though, but I know I'm stupid. I will just keep following. If you can be quiet in your spirit, the Lord will lead you to your still waters in Jesus' name. I saw the fifth thing. He restores my soul. What is that? Restoration. Do you know one of the sweetest things about the church and about God is that one thing that gladdens the heart of God is to bring every one of us to restoration. And for this, I want to speak to those who have been injured in their spiritual life. Do you know all of us come to church and we think everything is okay with everybody and all of us. It's not true. And for us to come to such erroneous and fallacious conclusion is to beg the question. There are so many of us that are suffering even when we are calling the name of the Lord. There are so many of us that it is, the economic hardship is everywhere. We know. There are some people who are struggling to eat. Do you know that as we are here that there are some people who as when we finish that they are thinking, God, how will I eat night food? To think that because I have food to eat even up to the end of the month, that there is everybody's condition is like that, is for me not to see it from a bigger picture. But the Lord says, I will restore your soul. That's what the Lord is saying. You know, the church, it is only the church that is the institution that kills her wounded soldier. We kill our wounded soldier. They are wounded, let's kill them. Even the Bible gave us guideline even when people err from the faith, how we can correct them and restore them back to faith. Anytime a man errs, even from the truth, even in disciplining the person, the ultimate agenda, the ultimate desire is to restore the person, not to destroy the person. So it is always good for us to know that what the shepherd wants to do in our life is to search out those who need restoration. 
is to search out those who need help that he may restore them. The good shepherd binds our wound rather than providing room to slaughter the sheep. You know, if, if you hear now that somebody has fallen, you know, somebody may be trying to announce that ah, he has fallen as though he's giving information, but he's rejoicing. Ah, did you hear that uh, this happened to brother so-so and so-and-so? And so? It's not as though he's trying to give you information. He just wants to run the person down so that the news can spread fast, 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 fast. No, with the Lord, he brings restoration. Have you forgotten that adulterous woman? When the adulterous woman was caught in the act of adultery, have you forgotten what happened to her? Everybody was saying, stone her, kill her, kill her. What was Jesus Christ's restorative move? He knelt down and was writing on the floor. And they kept asking him, sir, we know the law of Moses, and we are, but we are asking you before we begin to implement. What do you want us to do? And Jesus was very tactical and very careful in answering that question. He didn't say, let anyone who has not committed adultery be the one to do the first one. Is that what he said? He didn't say so because he knew if he said so, many people will throw stone because some of us are holy because we don't commit adultery. Some of us are holy because we don't commit fornication. But you know that it is only fornication and adultery that you, as it may appear, that you don't commit. But you know you steal. You know you don't steal, but you know lying is your own calling. You know lying, you have overcome it. But when it comes to gossip, ah, you are babanla gossip. You know you champion quarrel. You can, you can, you know how to raise. Don't say ah, she, you know say that. And in in their mind, you are a good person, but you are you are sowing seed of discord among men. But when it comes to fornication, you don't commit it to ah, you hate it, and they think that you are the holiest of all of all men. But you know when it comes to gossip, ah, ah, babanla, you have PhD in it. Jesus said, I know some of you. Anybody who is without sin, let him be the first to cast the first. Restoration. People of God, the church must become like Jesus because that's what he wants us to be. As shepherds, under shepherds, as he is our shepherd, to ensure that those who are erring from the truth will restore them. What joy would it be to me if my brother falls from the faith and is irredeemable? Ah, I have no reason to rejoice. No reason to rejoice. Because with what I am seeing, my desire is that the church will be populated, that even those who have sinned will create an avenue for their restoration, We create an avenue to get them back. Ah, that is what Jesus has called us to do. We can't afford to keep throwing our sheep to the mouth of the wolves for them to be eaten. Jesus said, no, let's restore them. Jesus Christ told them, and every one of them dropped their stone and they left the woman, the adulterous woman. The next one, what did you see them? He leadeth me in the path of righteousness for his name's sake. What do you think that is? Hmm? Okay. Okay. What again? Okay. What again? Eh? Okay. I thought he said singing. I thought he said singing. <laughs> Praise God. Spirituality. Spirituality. Let me tell us. We may say that ah, what John concerns uh, the shepherd now, how can he teach the sheep, animal, spirituality? 
But do you know what the Bible said? He said, he leadeth me in the path of righteousness. A shepherd will never lead a sheep on the path that is wrong. He leads him on the path of righteousness for his name's sake, not for the sake of the sheep. You see, our spirituality must not be for our comfort. He leads him, us in the path of righteousness for his own name's sake. The path, our righteousness is not because we want to do right, right things now, but it is the Lord. You see, sometimes spiritual discipline is very difficult. It does not have to appeal to us because the righteousness in which the Lord is leading us is for his own namesake, not for us. So sometimes it will not be appealing, it will not look good, but that is it. Sheep are not troublesome. They are meek and they are gentle. They are meek and they are gentle. So, the shepherd leads him in the path of righteousness. But can I shock us? Let us not end it by saying the sheep are gentle. What is the male sheep called? Huh? What? What? Very correct. Ram. What are the female sheep called? I don't even know how to pronounce that in myself. E-W-E. Whatever you call it is what it is. Whether you call it Ewe or Iwi or Iw, anything you call it is what it is. But I know it is E-W-E. What is the young sheep called? Lamb. Do you think ram... Now, now when we say sheep are gentle, when we say sheep are quiet, when we say sheep are meek, ram, have you seen ram fight? You see what I'm saying, sir? Ma? Ah. By the time the head boots you, <laughs> you will see 12. You will call it 21. And the Lord said, I have noticed that there is a tendency that my sheep may become wayward. Let me teach them the path of righteousness. But you know the problem we have? We normally summarize everything in the church to say the lamb, the sheep is gentle. No, there is lamb. There is a ram inside, inside the mix that must be taught the paths of righteousness. Let us not generalize the church because we have seen a few that are righteous. Let us check well. There may be some ram that needs to be led in the paths of righteousness. I'd like to ask you a question. Are you a ram? Some of you know you're a ram. Oh, sure you know. As I'm looking at myself, I'm asking myself, Ike, are you a ram? Because when I look and I see some tendency of ramishness <laughs> in me. Today we are sharing the pastoral, pastoral prayer meeting. And myself and my wonderful brother, we are sharing. And we're looking at 2 Timothy chapter 2. And we're reminding ourselves that the scripture said that pastors, shepherds, leaders, must not encourage strife, must not encourage discord. Why? He said, because the servants of God must not be troublesome. And I went back to my office after we finished. I said, are you troublesome? You know, it's very easy for us to say we're not troublesome. But if you look inside, you're a ram. If I look inside, I am a ram. 
we must begin now to tell the Lord. You know, you know, you know, you know, when you look at sheep, they move in groups. One stands in front, the others follow. And they follow according to their size. Go and look at sheep. They follow according to their size. Do you know the one that is always in front? Ram. And all of you that like to be in front always, you look more like a ram. If I always want to be in front, I am a ram. So let's begin to check our life. What are those issues? What are those issues? The good shepherd is saying, I can deal with them. I can deal with them. Do you know there are some rams that even if you tell them to go and fight, you carry them during a layer to go and fight. Do you know some of them will not fight? Even if you put them there, that one is coming. That one is running. I pray that after today, we will begin to run from the battle. You didn't say amen. Let's do this in two minutes so that I will take question. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for thou art with me, thy rod and thy staff. What are the two things there? Eh? Death and what? Death and deliverer and what? And defender. Discipline and discipline is the second one. Ah, the Kinalayanka, you have come now, sir. Praise God. Hallelujah. On the end of that one, we have, we have deliverer and defender. We have discipline. Which other one again? Praise God. I'm happy to know that of the three, three that, that were responded to or that were answered, two are correct. Praise God. What I have there now, not that two are correct, the three are correct, but for this, for this context now, we, we are going to deal with discipline and deliverance. Discipline. Do you know what the Lord does? Every Christian must be ready to be disciplined. Every Christian must be ready to be disciplined. A, a child that is not disciplined will become wayward. Any sheep that refuses to be disciplined will get lost before they return from grazing. Do I want to be disciplined? Oh, yes. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. Any child who says, mommy and daddy, you cannot discipline me. Then the beginning of downfall has set in. The Bible says the rod, the rod. The only way that we can walk through the valley of shadow of darkness and not be afraid is if we allow the rod of the Lord to come upon our head. It is a disciplined child that turns out to be great in life. Spear the rod. Spoil the child. Let's be disciplined. Tell your neighbor, please accept discipline. Discipline is good. It's very good. The second one is deliverance. Do you know what the staff does? The staff of a shepherd is always bent this way. So whenever the sheep falls into a pit, the shepherd will carry the hook and hook the neck to deliver it from the pit. I see so many of us today Wherever you are falling, the good shepherd will deliver you from such pits in Jesus' name. Thou preparest a table before me in the presence of my enemies. What are those three P's? We are having problem now. They say, Pastor, the last one we answered, you said there was an issue. Oh yeah, what are the three P's? Let's move. Peace, providence, and preservation. For a man to be, to, be, to be able to eat in the presence of his enemy. Ah, that is peace. Do you know what it is? Your enemies are coming and you are still able to eat. 
your own kind of peace is not the one that this world has given. Because when my enemy naturally comes, if I have any, I, I shudder. I, I, I watch. I say, what, what has he come for? Did he come in peace? But for the Lord to say, because I am your shepherd, eat even in the presence of your enemy, I am giving you peace. Not only that, providence, I have provided even before you have need of it. And number three, he said what? Preservation. So even your enemy cannot stop you from eating. I have preserved you for what lies ahead. Thou anointest my head with oil. My cup runs over. Who knows the two there? What's, what are the two pieces? Purification and prosperity. Do you know that every shepherd puts oil on the head of the sheep to drive away sickness and to help cure illness? When they put oil on the head of a sheep, is to, to cure a sheep of sickness, purification. And whenever a man is purified by the Lord, prosperity comes with it. And that's what the Bible says, my cup runs over. Your cup shall run over in Jesus' name. And finally, with all these things, surely, goodness and mercy shall follow you. All the days of your life, and you will dwell in the house of the Lord. What are the two things there? Reward and responsibility. The Lord will reward you with goodness. Ah, you're not saying amen. The Lord will reward you with goodness. The Lord will reward you with mercy. And if God has given you all these things, what is remaining for you? There is a responsibility on your head to always be in the presence of the Lord. God does not bless a man without a commission. He blesses a man to give him an assignment. So when God has blessed you with goodness and mercy, there is a responsibility. Go and be in my house.